welcome to the Creekside Community Church Podcast. If you don't yet follow Jesus, we want to provide you with a safe place to explore the Christian faith. If you are a Christian, we want to provide you with resources to help you grow in your faith and ultimately serve Jesus more effectively. For more information or to partner with us, visit our website at creekside.cc. Subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages. We hope this content helps you take your next step with Jesus. Well, I love spending time worshiping together and uh, considering who Jesus is, that he should be the center. And I thought actually as we got started together today, it would be great to have a Everyone likes shouting, right? So some, some shout-outs of Jesus is. Who is Jesus? And what are some of those really meaningful attributes about Jesus? Um, what? Redeemer. Jesus is Redeemer. Lord, Messiah. Thank you. Good. What else? Jesus is. What? Brother. Brother. Yeah. Emmanuel. God with us. Shepherd. Shepherd. Jesus rest. It's good. Son of God, peace. Hope. Friend. How about some kids? Kids, you get to take part too. Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. That is so true. So true. You're not wrong. Yeah, shout it. King of kings. Jesus is king of kings. Good. King of priests. King of priests? Is that what you said? Peace. 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 Thank you. That makes more sense. But both are true, actually. But yes, priest. Peace. King of peace. Good. What else? This one said coolest dude ever. Coolest dude ever. Jesus is coolest dude ever. I have to agree. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Those are all such beautiful truths. And today, as we're looking at who Jesus is and therefore what type of people we are to seek to become. We're going to look at a particular aspect of Jesus' identity. And it's interesting, and this isn't necessarily bad, because everything you said is true, and I think we would have a great time reflecting on any one of these. But I do find it interesting that no one said Jesus is servant. This is servant. And today we're going to reflect on Jesus as a servant, And therefore, with that, if he calls us to follow him and learn from him in order to become like him, then we too are to become servants. And a question, just as we're reading through this passage, I'd love to encourage you to consider. When you look up to someone, you're like, that's a successful person. That person is mature. That's the kind of person I want to be. And I just want to ask you to consider... Anywhere in that list of characteristics is the word servant. That person is so immature because they're such a servant. Is that there? Because we're going to look at a text that I think suggests that it should be there. And if not, I just want you to just sit with that question. Why, why isn't that up there for me? And maybe we need to together, and I need to do this, redefine how we think of success. And so today is the last part in our message series on follow. What does it mean and look like for us to follow Jesus? And we explored this amazing calling. 
that Jesus' invitation is for everyone. And that's true whether you're very far away from God or whether you've been a Christian for years and years. The invitation is the same. He says, follow me. Follow me. Unless you are 100% like Jesus, there's still things for you to learn and parts of your life that God is calling you to surrender. And so for all of us, the call is the same. Follow Jesus. In the first century, that was a system called discipleship. We kind of worked through how did that work then and what does it mean for us now? And at the basic, what it means to be a disciple is to spend time with Jesus and learn from him with the goal of becoming like him. That's it. We spend time with Jesus and we learn from him in order to become like him. And so I want to invite you to look at an amazing uh, passage of scripture today. This is Mark chapter 9, verses 35 through 45. Mark 9, 35 through 45. And actually, I think I put the wrong slides in here. Let me just check real quick. Yep, no. Uh, so the slides are wrong. So let's just turn those off for a minute. And you, if you have your Bible, then you win because I loaded the wrong slides. It's Mark chapter 10, not 9. So if you're used to following along with the slides, uh, I invite you just to listen very carefully today. I apologize for putting the wrong slides up there. That was totally me. It's Labor Day weekend. I don't know what's going on. Ready to take a nap or something. All right, Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35. says this, uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, also some of Jesus' closest followers, his closest disciples. James and John approached Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. And saying, we have a favor, and we want you to say yes beforehand. And Jesus is not was not born yesterday. He says, uh, what do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, allow us to sit at your right hand and your left hand in your glory. We want the places of honor, Jesus. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We are able, they told him. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink. You will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or my left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. In other words, it's not up to me to give that, but I will let you follow me But this cup I'm going to drink and this baptism I'm going to be baptized with. Now, when the ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. They're mad. They're angry. They're frustrated with these guys, right? Who are you to ask for the places of honor? I'm obviously Jesus' favorite, not you. And Jesus called them over and said to them, you know, that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. They use their authority to take advantage of those below them. They lord it over them. And those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But not so among you. That's not the way it's to be in my, with my disciples in my kingdom. Not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be 
your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. These are strong words. But then it gives a reason. Why? For even the Son of Man, talking about himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you got a picture of the situation. you got the disciples there. James and John are like, we want the high spots. We want to sit at the head of the table with you, Jesus. We're heading to Jerusalem. We know what's going to happen there. You're going to take charge. You're going to be crowned as king. And we want to sit in the places of honor, your right and your left. And the other disciples are like, what? Come on. Oh, I wanted that spot. To have James and John asking Jesus for honor. And what's so fascinating to me is he doesn't get mad at them for asking big things. Because he's already told them on several occasions, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. So he doesn't, he doesn't chide them for praying big prayers in essence. But he does say, you don't understand. <laughs> It's not going to work like you think it is. The other disciples, by their actions, betray the fact that they actually want the same thing. They just weren't brave enough to ask first, right? They're indignant at James and John for being so bold as to ask first. And then Jesus is there challenging our definitions of what strength means and what prestige is. And I'd love for you to consider, where are you in this story? You know, if... If you had been one of these first followers of Jesus, would you have been like James and John? Boldly saying, we want those places of honor, Jesus. Would you have been like the other disciples? Like, oh, I wanted to ask. I wanted that spot. Or have you embraced Jesus' redefinition of what strength is and honor is and what greatness means? I have to confess, as I read this story, I relate to the other disciples the most. When I see or hear about, you know, friends from seminary getting even like a little bit of popularity, like, oh, I got to be on this podcast. I'm like, uh, indignant. I wanted that. That's where I see myself. Which means I still have a hard lesson to learn when it comes to what true greatness is. There's some part of my heart where this has not gotten through to me. And if you are the same way, if this maybe hasn't gotten all the way to the bottom of your heart, I just want us to sit with this text and allow Jesus today to redefine how you measure that. Because here's the principle that Jesus teaches, is that the path to the top lies through the bottom. The path to the top lies through the bottom. Again, Jesus' words right at the end. It says, whoever wants to be great will be your servant. You want to be great, be the servant. Whoever wants to be first among you, you want to be the first follower, the first disciple, the top dog, you have to be slave to all. That's the requirement. Because even the Son of Man, even I, did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. And you get a little hint there. They're still confused about what's going to happen in Jerusalem, but he's talking about the cross, right? The ultimate act of service, to love someone all the way to death. 
I'm going to serve you to the point of giving my life for you. That's true greatness. That's true greatness. I remember uh, I'd only been at Creekside for a couple years when Alan uh, invited me to go to a conference with him. And it was a really great leadership conference and kind of messages, you know, aimed at, at pastors and to challenge us in our, in our thinking and our leadership. And one of the most memorable messages I heard um, was by this pastor. And his whole point was that you don't serve your way out of serving. And it was so challenging to me because I had kind of thought of serving in the same category as many people think of like budgets and saving for retirement. What I mean is like, you know, when it comes to a budget and saving money and saving well, the idea is, you know, you suffer now so you don't have to later, right? That's like the basic idea. You save enough now and over the next few years and if you do everything right, then you're done and you can just kind of enjoy life and enjoy giving and being generous in the end. That's at least how I ignorantly thought of budgets and money and retirement anyway. Um, that you suffer now so you can enjoy it later. And I kind of thought of serving the same way. Because that's the way it works in the world, right? You get hired at a new company, you're at the bottom of the ladder. And you have to do sometimes the dirty work that no one else wants to do. And the idea is you're faithful in that so that you can go up the ladder, right? So you can stop doing those things eventually. That's the way it works with almost any job and career in the world. And yet Jesus says, not so among you. This is not serve so you can eventually stop serving once you climb high enough. It's actually the top of the ladder. You know what that is? Slave to all. You don't serve your way out of serving. Serving is something everyone is called to. It's something I'm called to. something all of us are called to. The path to the top lies through the bottom. So kids, I have a question for you today. Any of you play limbo ever? Any kids play limbo? I'm going to see your hands. All right. Anyone think that they are the limbo master, that you can go lower than anyone else? Anyone? Any limbo masters? All right. Let's see it. How, how, like how low can you go? Show me with your hands at least. Or, or no, you can actually. Yeah. Like, like, can you go like this low? Anyone else? Bailey, how low can you go? Could you go like this low? This low? Wow, you guys, are, you guys are skilled. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're right. That's very low. That's much lower than I can go. I cannot go as low as I could 20 years ago. Um, limbo is this game where, you know, you, you try and go lower than everyone else. I feel like Jesus is almost saying, in following Jesus, in discipleship, it's like we're playing limbo when it comes to serving. It's a competition about how low are you willing to go. And that's what we look to, or should look to, as that's a mature Christian. Look how low they're willing to go. Not how much Bible knowledge do they have. Not how, how consistently do they attend worship, although I appreciate you being here on Labor Day weekend. It's how well are you longing to go. Are you willing to be a servant? Because the path to the top lies through the bottom. That's what Jesus taught us. So I want to remind us of some theology, some theological truths for us today, because I think this could be powerful if you are willing to 
embrace what this could mean for who you were designed to be. Colossians 1.15 talks about how Jesus is the image of God. Now, this is important. This is one of those times where grammar counts. Colossians 1 does not say Jesus is in the image of God. He says he is the image of God. When you look at Jesus, you see what God is like. Now, you take that truth and you go back to Genesis 1, which says humans are made in the image of God. We aren't God's image, but we are made in his image. We have this divine calling to reflect God out to the world. There's something about us that's different and significant and has the capacity to reflect God. So humans are created in God's image and Jesus is God's image, which means this, that Jesus came not simply to reveal what God is like. He did come for that. He also came to reveal what humanity is like. Because here's the truth. Apart from Jesus, you and I have never seen an unfallen human being. Every other human being that you and I have ever seen our whole lives has been messed up and broken by the effects of sin and this disease that affects the entire human race. But one wasn't. Jesus alone shows us what real humanity is like. When you look at him, you don't just see God. You see actually what what it is to truly be human. And so increasingly so, when you seek to become like Jesus, it's this weird double thing where in some ways you're kind of becoming more like God, but you're also becoming more like you're supposed to be. You're becoming less corrupt and less twisted of a human. You're becoming more actually genuine and authentic. You're becoming more human. It's really fascinating. In my research this week, I looked at this interesting study that was done. It was first done on a college campus, and I'll give you the basic version, but, but later it was done like all even over the world. And the experiment is this. Uh, groups of experimenters went out with different amounts of money to people, and everyone got an envelope with money in it and instructions. Half the people got money and instructions that said, here's a gift, spend it on yourself. The other half were given a gift of money and said, here's a gift, do something for someone else with this money by the end of the day. And both groups were told, you have to do something by the end of the day, by 5 p.m. And then tell us what you did and how you're feeling about it. So they did this study, and unsurprisingly on a college campus, either way, everyone bought Starbucks, okay? (laughs) Some people bought Starbucks for themselves, right? If they got that note saying, this is for you. Some people bought Starbucks for someone else. Here's a coffee. When they asked the people at the end of the day how it made them feel, how they were doing before that, how they're feeling now, the people who spent the money on themselves had no change in how happy they felt. They felt happier when they were buying it, but by the end of the day, the the pleasure of that free drink was over. The people who were giving felt significantly happier and more fulfilled by the end of the day, even though it was just this one-time thing. And they found out really interestingly that the amount didn't matter. Whether they gave you $5 or $20 to spend on yourself does not affect your happiness very much. $5 or $20 to spend on someone else actually doesn't change that much. But the act of giving something away and blessing someone else, of serving someone, is what changed 
people's happiness. And they've done this experiment now all over the world, and they've also done this experiment now not just with money, but with time. Spend time on yourself. Give yourself some me time. It doesn't really affect happiness. Spend time serving someone else. Happiness, fulfillment. Why? Because we were created in the image of God. And God at his heart, I believe, is a giver. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And Jesus came, revealing to us what God is like. And he says, I came not to be served, even though I am king, but to serve. Showing us not just what God is like, but what we are supposed to be like. And so I think the more we serve, the more giving we are, actually the more human we become. And when we refuse to serve, we're not simply refusing to obey Jesus. We're not simply saying, no, I don't want to do that. We're actually refusing our own humanity that Jesus came to restore and give back to us. The path to the top lies through the bottom. That's what Jesus is teaching. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you today to redefine how you think of success and maturity. I don't know what comes in your mind if I just said, you know, picture a successful Christian or a mature Christian. I don't know what comes to your mind. But for me, and I don't know why this is, what it is, I just think of fame. Successful pastors are famous. That's the marker of maturity. And I just feel this text saying, uh, no, Luke. Successful pastors are servants. That needs to be in your rubric of success. Who do you look up to? Who should you look up to? Can I encourage you, mind with Jesus, to redefine how you think of success and maturity. It's not how much people know. It's how much they're willing to serve others. And this happens in a ministry setting all the time where someone comes and says, you know, oh, you know, like we, we had to leave that church because we just weren't being fed there. Things like that. This is a very common thing you hear. Um, which means I, I didn't like the preaching, which is fine. I understand if you need to leave because you don't like my preaching. <laughs> but you hear this excuse, and it just is frustrating to me because like, this is not, that's not what this is. It's not what this is. What you should be looking for is a place to serve. And if you're truly mature, I'm just going to say, like, if someone's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just too mature. Like, they're, they're, they're preaching stuff, and I'm just not learning much. I'm just, I'm just too mature for that. And my question in return to that people, if I could be really honest with them, is where's your towel? When Jesus came the night before he was betrayed, he took a towel, took off his outer robes, and he washed his disciples' feet, doing the work of a slave. And that is maturity. That's maturity. So if you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just too mature. Just have to ask you, do you have a towel? Where is it? Are you serving? Because if not, then you're not as mature as you think you are. We need to redefine success and maturity. A second thing I want to challenge you and encourage you with is uh, I wrote in your, your bulletin, you know, serve here and serve there. And what I mean is 
Jesus does not say you have to serve in a church setting on a Sunday. He just says, be a servant. And I just want to encourage you because some of you are here and you do this. You do this in your homes. And you do this at your places of work. You are being a servant there. And I want to thank you for doing that and being that. That's what we're called to be and do. To serve others. To put their needs before our own and be willing to meet those needs if we can. And I want to say, you know, we need to get out of this idea that's like, oh, this counts and that doesn't. No. Jesus says, be a servant. So wherever you are, if you're being a servant, thank you. You're doing this. Keep doing that. If you're able, we want to encourage you to serve here, too, because the church is the body of Christ. This is his plan for how to continue his work in the world. And so if this is something you're not currently doing or if you're open to helping, you probably know this already, but there's lots of ways to serve. We have a Sunday fun day. We could use some help making this awesome and successful and reaching out to our community. We have a sign-up sheet in the foyer. If you can't serve there, on Saturday, September 17th, we're going to be working here at the church, in the building, and on the grounds, doing some cleanup and some little projects. We love your help. You can serve here. If you can't make that, the following Sunday, Sunday, September 25th, we're going to go out there. We're going to have our final serves day of this year, and we're going to go out and serve our neighbors and our friends. And so if you have project ideas, please submit those. And if you're willing to help with that, please go ahead and register so we can get you uh, a t-shirt. We're going to do t-shirts this time, so make sure to sign up online. And this is only the beginning. We have spots and children's. We have some slots in our soundboard. Some of you noticed how I wasn't in here. That's because I was actually running the soundboard. I wasn't, you know, eating a donut or something. Uh, you know, we, we could use some help in our soundboard, on our worship team, in our youth ministry. There's always things we need help with. And if you cannot help on a Sunday morning, that's okay. Serve here or serve there. Serve here and serve there. Serve as you are able. The last thing I want to do is make someone feel guilty because they're giving 40 hours a week to something they're called to out there and they can't serve here. That's not the point of this. But my point is you don't serve your way out of serving. Don't think like, oh, you know, I did children's ministry for 20 years, so I'm done now. You don't serve your way out of serving. That's great. Thank you for your service. What's next? The path to the top lies through the bottom. And the final thing I want to encourage you with is that to never forget whom you are serving. In Matthew 25, Jesus gives this challenging parable. And when I pause and I read the parable of the talents, it gets me every time. Let me just read to you from one portion of it. I'm sorry, the, the sheep and the goats. Jesus tells the sheep in this parable, he says, I was hungry and you gave me, Jesus, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. 
I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the righteous answer, Jesus, say, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When you're helping out someone, you don't feel like helping out. Or giving of your time in a mentoring relationship. You're not ultimately just serving that person. You're serving Jesus. When you lend your ear, you're serving Jesus. Don't forget whom you are serving. The path to the top lies through the bottom. And so we are supposed to be following Jesus. It's a race to the bottom, because that's actually where the top is. So as you consider what your next step is, I just want to quickly remind you, Jesus always invites all of us to take our next step. If your next step is going to Alpha because you have questions about all of this and you're not even sure about God, then join us for Alpha. If your next step is continuing worshiping on Sunday morning, please continue to do that. Make that a priority. If your next step is joining a connecting group, please do that. Take that relationship risk and join one of our groups. If your next step is beginning to serve, would you consider doing that? And think about how God might be calling you to help here or there. Whatever your next step is, take it. Because ultimately, it's all from him and it's to him. We are serving the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to invite our team up. We're going to close with a song today. And so let me pray for that. And as always, if you need prayer about something specific or, or you want to just get something off your chest, Jake, Deanna, and I will, will be in the back. Actually, that's not true. I'll be in the sound room. Jake and Deanna will be in the back. Um, we'd love to pray for you today. So God, for all of us, I pray that you would show us what that next step is for us in particular. And God, there's so many reasons because so many people I know are just so busy and tired and life is so demanding. And so God, I, I pray against a feeling of, of just guilt or serving out of guilt for anyone whose next step it is to jump into serving to a greater degree than they have. I just pray that they would be motivated by love today, not by guilt. That we do this because we love you, God. And because we have redefined what we think success looks like. It does not look like so many of the things our world looks to. It looks like being willing to put others before ourselves and their needs before our own. Help us to follow you in this way. And to surrender ourselves to you right now and in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen.